Hey, welcome back to another episode, Dream Chasers Podcast. Harvey Harrington here. The next guest I got up today, a guy, he's the reason why I started this podcast. I was talking about doing a blog. I'm currently writing a book, and this guy's been one of the most influential people that I've dealt with uh, through basketball training, through coaching, always uh, giving kind words. Uh, this guy is, was real instrumental in helping me learn the game of basketball. I remember the first time I seen him in, I think he was a freshman in high school, and I believe I was about seventh grade, a real good shooter, real good basketball player as a freshman, and continued to grow from there. Uh, he's an inventor, a trainer, uh, a former coach, and one of, the, one of the greatest guys that I know, Karan Godwin. How you doing? I'm doing great, my brother. Great to be on the show. All right, man. I appreciate you. Appreciate you coming out and 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 doing this for me, man. Like I said, you you definitely was a, a driving factor why I even have a podcast. Like I said, right now I was <laughs> I would have been doing a blog. <laughs> definitely, definitely. I mean, internet internet marketing has changed over the years, right? And um, you just got to keep up with it. So when you reached out and said you you needed some advice, you know, I was here for you, and um, you're doing a great job with the podcast. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate that. Tell me your journey. Where'd you start? Where you from? Well, as you know, uh, Rosedale, New Jersey is where I'm originally from. Um, it's a it's a place that's right there in, in Union County, uh, not too far from uh, North Airport. Right. Um, tons of talent there. You know, urban environment. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, that environment that you come from, like maybe you. Your, your parents may have come from humble beginnings and someone got that first job to, to really right. separate them. And, and you moved to a place called, called Roselle. Right. And, um, and, and you, were, you were there as well, so you, you can attest. Uh, I think we both matriculated to Roselle from Orange, New Jersey, which is in uh, Exus County, right. which is a little bit rougher place. So coming to Roselle, we had the opportunity just to, to be around, you know, like-minded people. Right. How'd you get to basketball? Uh, basketball, oh man, uh, Roselle is uh, at the time, and I probably probably still is. It's the the public school in New Jersey with the most state titles. Um, I believe that St. Anthony's has the most overall. But uh, you know, when I when we were coming up, uh, Roselle Abraham Clark High School actually had the most state titles. So it's a rich basketball tradition. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a place that we, we grew up in the parks. You know, One Acre Park right there where, where I met actually your older brother Al Harrison. Right. And, um, and just a place that's infused with just athletics, both football and basketball, but, but mainly basketball. So um, had a great career at Abraham Clark, was able to um, break the, the single season scoring record there. Right. Um, I went on to the University of, of Buffalo after being all state. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, just too much snow for me. Uh, 62 <laughs> inches of snow one day. I, I, could, I couldn't find my car. And I called my mother and said, I can't do this for four years. So I transferred down to the University of North Florida, which right. is five minutes from the beach. And that's all I needed to hear to play from Coach Matt Kilcullen. And I had a wonderful career. I broke the scoring record, all-time scoring record there in two and a half years. Right. And um, just was able to utilize my experiences um, to actually garner a uh, NBA tryout. So, wow. um, you know, all, all South um, – um, awarded all south and got called up by the Orlando Magic to come by and have a tryout. And I actually tried out. It was uh, Mari Stoudemire's first workout. He was coming out of high school. So 
I left I left my career right there. I had a ton of ankle issues. Okay. And I knew that this is probably the highest level I get to, which is right there on that NBA floor. So I, I hung up the shoes and, and picked up the whistle and coaching. Mm-hmm. And um, I just I just been on on the grind ever since. I, I'm an author. I wrote a book. Everyone hates a ball hog, mm-hmm. but they all love a score. Um, audio book as well. Um, I also I am an inventor. Um, Ballhoggloves.com. I invented the ball hog gloves, the decone, and a number of basketball training products that people you utilize worldwide, and even some NBA teams. You know, order my products. So um, life is great. I, God is good. I can't complain. Right, right, definitely. And and we sell ball hog gloves and we sell a lot of our coach godwin's um aids i mean a lot of our kids train with that stuff so it's really really good stuff a lot of people are are really satisfied with it they like the results uh from what they can i know those ball hog gloves they kind of take away your natural feeling so if you get a chance go online and check that out hey who influenced you who who was somebody that kind of um played a role in helping you get to where you were. I mean, you, you, you broke a lot of scoring titles and that type of thing. How did, where did that come from? I mean, is it, is, is there one, anybody singular uh, that, that kind of influenced you with that or somebody that taught you the game? Yeah. Did your parents talk to me about that? Yeah, it was definitely my mother. Um, she actually put me in every sport, um, football, right. basketball, and baseball, and I didn't have a choice. But um, just, she just instilled a, a mentality um, of success. Um, she basically brainwashed me for success and let me know that I can do all things through Christ. And I kind of coined it um, God's first work until. And um, if you follow me on social media at Coach Godwin, you'll see God first and you'll see work until after almost every post that I do because uh, you really have to have, have a knowledge of the creator, but also realize that if you're going to master anything, you have to work until you master it. You have to work until you um you know you're able to be a a next level finisher. You're working until you master your footwork. So that's just the philosophy. But yes, it all came from her, and uh, she was always working hard, and she never did one thing. You know, she just didn't. She just wasn't a W two. She'd come home, she'd do Mary Kay, and wow. I just able to watch her work ethic, and and that you know there was nothing that we couldn't do. And I actually believed that. And um, it wasn't until I got older that I realized that everyone doesn't believe that. <laughs> you know, I thought, right. you right. know, so. So with, with that philosophy is the reason why I look at stuff and I kind of, you know, even just being, being a, becoming an inventor, you know, I just, I saw, you know, things in the marketplace that I used to do that, that wasn't available and I wanted to help kids out. So I just did it. Right. All right. So, man, so you talked a little bit about, uh, about my brother Al. Um, and I know you've seen a ton of NBA players. Um, tell me, tell me what was your first, your your first thought of Al when you saw Al playing basketball. Uh, I know you guys were kind of doing some pickup ball, and then talk a little bit about you know the transformation throughout the years. Oh yeah, well the first time I saw Al, uh, it's funny because he and I actually went to first grade together, and I didn't realize that was him at Haywood um, Elementary in Orange, New Jersey. So I moved to Roselle uh, right. earlier than he did. But when I first saw him, it had to be uh, eighth grade summer, so. Okay. And um, he came out to the park. He was like, who is this six five, six six kid that just came out of nowhere? Right. And uh, right away, right away, you saw that he was uncoordinated. <laughs> you know, he, he really couldn't get his steps together. Right. You know, he's missing layups. And, and people were, 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 were kind of messing with him. Like, oh, you're so tall. You should be dunking. You should be doing that. Right. But one of the things about Al that was different is that his, his confidence really never wavered. And he had a work ethic to him. Right. So... 
you know, over the years, um, I was fortunate enough to have a trainer in Chris Chavannes, and, and he had his trainer in, in um, Sandy over with the New Jersey Roadrunners. Right. And, and, you know, I just saw him every day get better. So from freshman year, we played together. He got better and better. That right. freshman year summer, he totally dedicated himself. It was in the gym, YMCA, mm-hmm. um, the Jewish YMCA, every single day. Right. And um, he actually went to that next level to where he became the number one player in the country as a senior. And, um, right. you know, as you know, a draft pick out of high school. Right. Man, that's a, that was a big deal, man. Tell me, tell me the differences that you have seen uh, between being a player and a coach coming up through high school, you know, uh, having your chance, your shot at the Orlando, Orlando Magic, and then seeing it on the coaching side, dealing with kids and trying to direct them. I think that the major differences between player and coaches is just perspective. Okay. Um, as a coach, um, you're thinking micro, macro strategy right. where you're actually, you're actually doing what's best, you know, for the team. Right. And as a player, you're thinking micro myself, you know, I want to get to the next level. So case in point, my junior year, you know, I was one of the best players on the team. Right. And, you know, I I ended up becoming a division one basketball player. But at that time you had a couple of division two basketball players that were one year ahead of me. Right. So, you know, you would say, okay, if I'm better than this guy, I should be playing right now, right away. He should be sitting the bench. Right. But as a coach, as a coach, if you really care about kids, you want everyone to get a scholarship and everyone to get an opportunity to play at the next level. So if he's a senior, even though he's Division two level, he's going to get that scholarship. Right. So uh, one, of the, one of the perspectives that I learned is that, you know, sometimes you have to wait your turn or right. other times you just have to go, go somewhere else. I mean, now we have plenty of options maybe that I didn't have coming up. You right. know, sometimes it's just not the fit for you, you know, whether right. that be the high school, the college, and you need people around you to say, okay, you know, uh, you're a great guard, but this school already has three guard guards and they're one year ahead of you. So you're not going to get an opportunity to play until your senior year. Mm-hmm. It ended up working out for me because senior year, I actually I broke a record. I was 25 points a game. I led the area in scoring. Right. And uh, it worked out. But um, just perspective, you know, saying things that I may have been upset about as a player, right. I now understand why they happened. Right. That's a big deal, man. I always talk about AAU basketball. I think AAU basketball is good for exposure. I mean, a lot of people just feel like kids should play and play and play and play, and they're going to get better. Well, you have to actually work on your game. But the AAU side is actually where, you know, you get the nationals and you can play in front of Coach K. Um, you know, uh, you can play in front of Roy Williams. That's what the AAU game is about to me. To you, what are your thoughts on AAU basketball now uh, versus high school basketball? No, AU basketball, like you said, is, is primarily for exposure. Right. Um, that that's what it's for. I mean, it's the opportunity to to get together with a, with a curated uh, list of players from um, certain areas right. that have achieved certain standards. Uh, so you, you get to be around people that uh, compete at a high level, right. uh, that are talented. But it's primarily there for exposure. I mean, right. you ultimately try to get a, a look for college. Right. Um, high school the same way. Uh, one of the issues I have is that, you know, high school, you're actually playing during the same time as college. Right. So how are these colleges are going to see you if you're playing at the same time? Many right. times they don't. You know, many times in the summertime is when they come out because they're off and they can mm-hmm. go to all these AAU tournaments. Right. Um, if there's something that, that I would change uh, for me in particular, 
I would um, institute a new rule where each college is allowed uh, two to three scouts that literally don't sit on a bench and mm-hmm. all they do, just like NBA teams, they scout for that school. So, you, you know, you, you have a, a school like Michigan or UCLA or Georgetown, no. um, they have three scouts that all they're doing is going out there during high school and being mm-hmm. able to evaluate talent. Because I've, you know, I've been coaching and training for over 15 years now. And I've, I've even seen some, co- some guys get scholarships that their high school coach, I mean, their college coach never saw them play a high school game. Really? <laughs> yeah. And that's crazy because, you know, it's a different structure, high school to AAU. And sometimes you just don't know what you're getting if wow. you don't see that gentleman play in high school. So, um, you know, it, it's one of those things. And that's one of the changes I would make. Right, right. Do you do, do you think that it'll ever come to – because I, I know that AAU right now is starting – even with the younger kids, are starting to go year-round. Do you think that there will ever come a time that AAU basketball uh kind of outshine high school basketball and kids will just quit high school and play AAU year-round? Uh, it was it may have been trending that way because AAU definitely was, was important, but right now they changed the rules. So I think – Mm. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I have to check, but I think they only get two live periods, um, okay. one in April, one in July, the last I heard. So now the emphasis is going to be on high schools because the new rules, uh, I'm hearing that high schools are going to have the majority of the live period. Right. So so things are actually being, you know, it's a system and, and um, you know, no one really knows, you know, what this new system is going to look like. But um, I would say definitely, yeah, in the past, I mean, AAU is, is where you get your looks. And, but you definitely want to have a strong high school back, background right. and um, colleges can kind of connect and relate to. Um, but even some of the high schools, the prep schools now, they, they sort of, you know, are curating talent. And before it used to just be Oak Hill, but now you have Finley Prep. You know, right. you have tons of programs, Mount Bird, all across the country that, you know, can operate in a manner where the college coaches will, will see you a little bit more. Right, right. You have two, you have two young boys. What is something – that you do or best practices that you use to instill in your boys as they're coming up? I know that they're very little, but what are some things that you're going to use that maybe you have, that you have used or things that you could have done to push yourself a little bit higher, or maybe give yourself another opportunity to play a better opportunity to play in the NBA. What is something that you can give you, give to your boys? Well, for me, um, in particular, um, basketball has given me so much. Right. I mean, I'm talking about from every job I ever had, from every investment opportunity I ever had, mm-hmm. um, I would say 95% of that came from basketball. So the first thing that uh, or reason I want my kids to play basketball, mm-hmm. if they so choose, which they both love it right now, is that basketball is actually a fraternity. Okay. And um, there, there are thousands of people that I know personally through the game of basketball, <laughs> and I've been able to actually benefit from those relationships. Right. So that's number one. Number two, basketball can actually – is teaching me more about my sons. Like, even my son is six, my other is three, and they both play on the same basketball team. And um, I'm able to see different things in him that I may not have, have actually been able to witness if he went through basketball. I'm able to see work ethic. I'm able to see – focus i'm able to see things that actually brought that actually draw out a kid's character um while we're on this journey when we get serious about training and stuff i'm gonna learn even even more you know because you know you know i'm not really concerned about the nba you know i train nba players i've been around it's great i'm concerned about you know what i can get out of the game of basketball and just because i've been blessed so much so there's so many things there's so many things that that i'm gonna be, be able to 
to do with my sons uh, through the game. Right, right. You get a lot of parents, and I see this a lot. I mean, it seems like every parent just believes that their kid is going to be this NBA player or going to be some some type of professional player. And we know that making the NBA is like – I think is the, the odds are uh, less than winning the lottery. I, I get a lot of times yeah. where, you know, these younger kids, they're ranked, you know, second or, or you know uh, – you know, second grader, they're the, they're the top second grader or they're the top fourth grader. I yep. think that right now is a ploy of, for, for money with the AAU thing, you know, to get as many kids in as possible. From your standpoint and even even from, you know, I know you train a lot of pro guys. You've been around a lot of pro guys. Tell me, tell me something that the majority of these guys have in common. What is, what is something that, um, you know, you can give me – that a parent listening, you know, they're, they're really pushing their kid hard. What are, what are some, some good practices that they can use just for their kids? Because obviously there's no magic pill. Nobody can't just give you this pill and you're going to make it to the NBA. Obviously, you know, each of these guys made it. It's probably by the grace of God. But what is something yeah. that, that is kind of similar within these guys that you've seen or that you've interacted with? Well, number one, like you said, it is the, the grace of God. And some people call it luck, but I don't believe in luck. But um, you have these individuals that are very, very talented, and that talent, uh, talent comes from God. You know, the, the ability to run, jump, coordination, all that stuff comes from Him. Skill is what you get in in the gym, and what you actually garner yourself. So I would say parents to really focus on skill and development, mm-hmm. um, because you just don't know how tall the kid's gonna be. You don't know how fast he's gonna be. I mean, there's so much. I was one of the fastest kids around when I was eight or nine years old, you right. know, but then I had a size 13 shoe at 13. You know what I'm saying? Right. Speed's going to kind of slow down a little bit until I got older and I can, you know what I'm saying, grow into my feet. Right. Um, I wouldn't even focus on, on the NBA, to, to be honest with you. I mean, um, right now we're in a situation where um, basketball can actually, you know, pay for the scholarship. I mean, I was on mm. a full scholarship. You know, you're right. talking about saving your parents $200,000, you right. know, so, so that's the first thing I would look at. Um, you know, can you educate yourself through basketball? Um, right. Can you get into these networks? So even with my kids, when I'm trying to help them out for school, I'm trying to get them into the best schools possible. You know, I have a kid um, named Cody Pugh. I mean, Cody Pugh is at Stanford right now. He's at Stanford Film School. Right. I mean, that's that's a game changer. You yeah, know, a kid from time. the East Coast. Right. Yeah, to even be able to get in school. And I'm sure you heard about the scandals of, of what people are trying to do and People of means are trying to do to get into Harvard and Stanford and pay for this person, that person, da da da. Uh, through his skill set in basketball, he was able to earn, um, um, through merit, the opportunity to get to become, you know, in an elite space. And when I say elite space, you know, when you talk about Stanford, Harvard, right. um, Yale. I mean, you know, I have another kid that that played for Yale. Like these are elite spaces and elite networks that right. will benefit these guys from years to come. So I don't really focus on the NBA, but I would say if 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 you're focused on your son, make sure you're looking at development and skill set. Right, right. Hey, you said so. You said that you you went out and you coach high school, right? Where'd you coach at? I coached a number of places. So the um, I actually started my coaching career at University of North Florida. Okay. After my um, tryout with the Magic, I had a year left of school. Okay. So during that year, you know, I was thinking about going overseas. You know, I had some people there, but I had to finish school. That was always first. So while finishing that, you know, Coach uh, Matt McCullough was like, hey, man, 
why don't you just help out? You know what I'm saying? Why don't you start, you know, coaching with us? Because, you know, we need you. You know, you know all these guys, you were their captain. Why don't you just become their coach? So I was able to make that transition. I, I had one exception. I said, as long as I don't have to do laundry, all right, <laughs> and, and uh, we're good. You know what I'm saying? I, don't, you know, don't, don't yell at me in front of everybody. <laughs> and I'm not doing laundry. If you can do those two things, right. I'm we're good. good. You know, because you know, to them, you know, I, I was, you know, the captain, the all-time leader scorer, man. Right. And you know how it is with, with your teammates. It's like, man, man, go ahead and wash right. that for me. You know, that's right. not, and I wasn't, I wasn't going to play those games. So I already knew uh, what I needed, and I just fell in love with coaching. Right. And um, from then on, I actually went to a place called Nice High School where, where Tim Tebow uh, played mm-hmm. at the time football. Okay. And uh, I, became a, I became a head coach uh, very young, about 26 or so. Okay. And uh, then, then I moved up to the D.C. area mm-hmm. where I was able to, to join the WCAC, which is the number one basketball conference in the country, high school-wise, year in, year out. Mm-hmm. And I coached at Bishop McNamara, places okay. like, you know, um, DeMatha, Gonzaga, Paul the Six. Uh, they have at least three ranked teams in one conference every year. So that was right. a great experience. And I, in the last 10 years, I, I was coaching there. Right. So I've seen this side of it because I've, I've coached for about, what, seven, eight years. What, what was it like dealing with parents? Woo! <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Open up a can. I, I, I mean, yeah, I mean – Dealing with parents is going to be very tough, especially when you have parents that don't come from a basketball background. So the okay. only way they can relate to anything is from the corporate life or from work, where, as you know, um, each industry is different. The music industry, sports industry, each sport is different. So basketball is uh, very different as well. And uh, I think that communication is key. If a right. coach can communicate, right. you know, more often than not, I mean, he's still going to catch it whenever, you know, young, young Johnny or, or Tom doesn't get the playing time that, that, a, that a prospective parent uh, wants. But right. if you're able to communicate, and for me, what I had to do was I had to focus on the kids and I had to develop a system to where they had to work for it. Mm-hmm. So I would tell every kid that if you want that position, right. you come to my office and you tell me that you deserve more playing time and, and, and you tell me the reasons why you, you need to outwork uh, Jim. And then now you have to outwork them. You know, a lot of times kids will go home to their parents, oh, he's not playing me because he doesn't like me. Everyone right. says that. Well, right. I mean, he may not like your game, you know right. what I'm saying? But he loves you. You know, he may not like your game. He may not like your skill set. Right. But, you know, the coach loves you. And um, so I would tell the parents not to contact me unless your son has had that conversation with me because we're, we're trying to develop young men here. Hmm. And um, you know, I was a high school coach, and I want to develop. So this is the last time um, that the parent is going to actually be with the kid. Once he's off to college, that's that's it. You know, he's gone. He's gone to college, and then he has to become a man um, by himself. And you're not going to be there to lobby on his behalf. Right. So communication was always key, and I always tell parents like this is part of the constitution, and um, also just uh, accountability. Um, I made the team accountable to each other. So if somebody did something in class, or somebody was wrong. We'd have what we call family family time, you know, and we always have to have family time before we start practice. And that meant that if uh, if Harvey was, was late for class or he's acting up, right. you know, I put uh, two minutes on the clock and we had to do taps. Right. So if anyone's ever if anyone ever done taps, that's when you actually have two lines facing the backboard. You have to throw that ball at the backboard. You have to jump. Yeah. And each person has a tap behind you. I remember and that, that thing is tiring. Yeah. Tiring. And um. Taps made me made me a great coach, man. Because they listen, they listen to everything I said after that. Right, 
Right. Yeah, man. Like I said, I, you know, I, I, I dealing with parents is, is kind of a monster sometimes because, you know, we, we, we're both parents and, you know, every time we look at our kids do something, that's my baby. You know, our, my baby, my baby can yeah. do that. But at a certain yeah. point, if you don't, if you don't have that parents and you don't know about sports or you haven't been involved in a certain sport, you got to let your child be accountable. You got to let your child go and make the decisions. You got to let, you got to let them go talk to the coaches, you know, cause we'll respect that. But if you, if you want to come lay your Jack Webb down and sit down and tell people what you, what you are or are not going to do, you're going to have a hard time. I heard this a long time ago. I think uh, this was when I want to say Sean Miller was at NC state. They, they, they let me come down there. I don't know if you know this story or not. So they rolled out the red carpet for me because they wanted Al to go to NC state. So I yeah. think I was, um, I think I was a sophomore. I think I was going into my sophomore year. Yeah. My freshman, that's after we won, after we won the TSC, they, they called and uh, they were like, Hey, can you get Harvey, Harvey to come down here? We want Al to come, but you know, if Harvey wanted to come to summer camp, you know, let him come. And I went out, Went there, and, I mean, they had stuff with my name on it. Man, I got – before camp games, I was getting dressed in a locker room. I mean, they were taking care of me big time. But I heard this. I was in their office, and they were talking. I don't know if they knew if I was in there or not. But they said that a parent had sent uh, a highlight tape and, like, a poster of this kid, and they passed it around as a joke. I mean, they were like, hey, look at this. And, I mean, they were laughing at it. They passed it around. They don't even think they watched the tape. But, you know, if, if, you're, if your kid's good enough, people are going to find you. You know what I mean? I believe in that. And you got to let your child decide what's their destiny because I don't care how much money you have. I don't care what your name is. I don't care what you've done. That's not going to hold that much weight. You know, your kid has to do that on their own. Final thought, if you can go back. And you can give me – if you can go back and, and, and talk to yourself at any age, all right, go back and give yourself any piece of advice, what would that be? I think uh, it would be to, to focus on the network. Okay. And, um, and that, means, that means always being a good teammate. Right. Um, th- there are times where, you know, maybe you didn't play as much or you, didn't, you weren't happy with the results. Um, every AAU teammate, every basketball teammate, I would tell myself, make develop a long-lasting relationship with those right. people. And, and my network, my network philosophy is, is very simple. It's like you don't have to like them, but they have to love you. Right. You know. And and when you develop these networks, man, the opportunities will flow. I mean, God's blessings flow through people. Right. So the more people you know, the the more opportunities you have at success. Bigger than basketball. Way bigger. bigger. Than basketball. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, like I said, through. Through the through the game of basketball, I mean, I had this guy Karan Godwin on here. One of one of he's he's an innovator. You're gonna hear about him soon. He got a lot going on, but without him, there's no podcast. <laughs> Not even a thought. <laughs> so, like I said, you know, that's a that's been a that's a, a, a major blessing for me. Like I said, man, I appreciate you. I thank you for coming on, and uh, man, I like no, I said, no. go ahead. Yeah, no, no problem at all, man. If if anyone wants to reach out to me, it's at Coach Godwin. That's G O D W I N. Mm-hmm. Um, BallHogGloves.com is my website, and um, I appreciate you just developing your own platform. You know, you have a lot of key people whose stories need to be told, and and I think that this this podcast is going to be a game changer. 
And I appreciate it, man. Appreciate all the support. Hey, again, um, we, we, you can reach us on, we have a Facebook page. You can look at our workouts, uh, quotes of the day. It'll have our podcast information on there. Dream Chasers Basketball Indie. Like it, share it, tell people about it. If you are in the Indianapolis or great Indian, greater Indianapolis area, we do basketball training up at Hancock Wellness in McCordsville, Indiana. Also, you can go on our website, www.dreamchasersbball.com. Hey, thank you for your time and thank you for listening in. Take care.